Okay, this is the time to come alive. We have wonderful people on the call today. We're going to be focusing today on companionship, building a board of directors specifically and how that relates. I'd love to start off by having a few of you introduce yourselves, share your name, share where you're calling from, and something that you'd like to get out of our session today. My name is Valerie Hope. I'm your executive coach and also professional speaker. And this is just an opportunity for us to not only connect, but to become more conscious of one another, of ourselves, and also find creative ways to come to life in this world. I want to open it up now to have you all introduce yourselves. All right, Felipe, I think you wanted to go first. Yes, I can go first. Hello, everyone. My name is Felipe. I'm calling from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And what I would like to take from our session today, um, I would like to better understand how to identify um, good characteristics so I can build better relationships or, or have better companionships. That would be it. Thank you. Obrigada. <laughs> All right, who's next? I'll go next. I'm Heather. I'm calling from um, Dallas, Texas. And I'm not really sure what, um, I'm not sure about this topic. So I'm here to like hear more and see how it fits in. Sounds good, Heather. Thank you. How about you, Meg? Hi, I'm good. Could you tell us where you're calling from? Yes, my name is Meg. I, I am calling from Stephenville, Texas. Um, I really enjoyed last week's session and uh, was invited by Gail um, to, to listen to that and was really impressed by it. Um, and I'm looking towards getting back to the Dallas area and like the idea of being in a session with you and with, you know, all the neat Dallas people and, and everybody else. But uh, it makes me feel uh, like I'm, I'm back already. And I, as to what I expect, I really have no expectations other than, you know, I love this. So Thank you. No, thank you, Meg. I appreciate you being here. And yes, if this is a way to keep you close and connected to us, then yeah. we welcome it. <laughs> Good. Um, we have Irving also on the call. His audio isn't functioning, so I'm going to read his introduction on the, from the chat. <laughs> so his, um, my name is Irving. From, I'm from Mexico, and I live in Dallas. I have a background in telecommunications and digital marketing. And he's a travel agent. And this is the first time in these sessions. Welcome, Irving. I know we've been communicating a few times about this. So I'm sure I'll get nothing else but good information and vibes. I hope you do. <laughs> Next time I'll be there using my mobile or my second laptop so you can hear me. Yes, thank you so much, Irving. I appreciate you being here nonetheless. And yes, we'll use your, your comments on, your, on the chat are absolutely helpful, valuable. Okay. The... It's a great time to come alive primarily because there's just so much going on in the world. There's so many things going on, not only at the collective level, right? So our society, 
individually. And I think it's so important for us to find ways to tap into ourselves and what we're interests, our interests, to tap into our talents, to tap into the, the community we're in. And this particular topic is, is important to me. We've had a couple of sessions already dedicated to this, this principle of creating a personal board of directors, really a group of people with whom you connect with to help guide you different stages of your journey. And they all have different purposes, you know, much like an organization would have a board of directors to help guide the strategic vision of the organization and ensure that the, operate, the operation is aligned with that strategy. A, a personal board of directors does much the same thing. Right? They help us as individuals make sure that we're fulfilling and bringing our life to the forefront, right, by really aligning ourselves in what we're doing, how we're doing it, where we're doing it, what resources we have. That, that's, so that's part of our, our main topic today. I, I like to start our sessions with a little mindfulness, taking a moment to really get connected and grounded. And, and we'll do a quick one today, really focusing on, on this idea of partnership, right, partnership, creating this, this board of directors. So feel free to close your eyes if that's comfortable for you or to just uh, soften your gaze. And this is an opportunity to look inward. I just wanna start off by everybody just taking a couple of deep breaths. As you're breathing, continue to breathe deeply. I want you to think about relaxing and centering your body. So that means grounding yourself. If you're sitting, you want to put your feet on the ground. You might want to sit more solidly in your chair. It's, it's an opportunity for your body not to have to worry about keeping its balance, but that you could activate your mind. I want you to think about your life people that you have in your life that you reach out to and you want to celebrate and you want to share some good news. Think, who are the people that you think of? Who would you pick up the phone and call? Who would you set a, set a lunch date or go for a coffee, go for a walk? qualities does that person have that really attracts you to, to sharing this information with them? Do they celebrate as much, maybe even more than you? Do you feel acknowledged and appreciated? Really think about what need that individual or that relationship fulfills for you. might have one or more, could be family, might be friend, it might be a neighbor, colleague, maybe somebody from you know, many years ago. You may not even see this person on a regular basis, but this is someone that comes to mind now. Take a moment and just send them good vibes, as Irvin said earlier, send them gratitude. Really let them know that 
that you're there, that you count on them. Take another deep breath. You might find that there are other people in your life that you go to when you're, you need some support, when you need some encouragement. Perhaps you're feeling down, or you're feeling lonely, or just emotionally, you need someone to, to have some compassion for you and empathy. Think of that person or those people. And what need they fulfill for you. Perhaps they're a great shoulder to cry on because they're so. Perhaps they're individuals or they have great advice and they keep you grounded and centered. Whatever the reason. Whatever the need they fulfill for you, I want you to take a moment to also some love and appreciation for what they provide and who they are in your life. And lastly, take another deep breath. I want you to think about who you are to the people in your life. Are you a person that people share the good news with? That you can celebrate and appreciate them? Are you the person that people lean on when they're going through a rough time? You might be both different relationships at different times. I want you to give yourself some acknowledgement as well, some appreciation for the love and the energy and the attention that you bring to those relationships. Then as we close, I want you to think about who you can bring that energy to that might really need you in their life. Or who have you not reached out to in a while that might really appreciate celebrating or leaning on you for a little bit. All right, take one final deep breath. Sending those vibes of gratitude, generosity. And then you may open your eyes. Good. I always think it's, it's cool to think about just how many people, or and it may be right for a very short period of time, but just how many people in my life have been there for me in different ways, shapes, or forms. That's been a, a, huge, a huge part of my development. And so when we talk about this personal board of directors, this board is, you know, although it sounds very official, right, it sounds like such a, such a corporate thing to say, it really isn't. I think if we could really look at how those relationships, are, are they're, they, they nurture us, right? We need people. And, and we talked about in another, in another session, we talked about the four different types of relationships that you could look for in filling your board of directors or acknowledging who you have as a board of directors, your personal board of directors. We talked about those relationships that are focused on common goals, right? what, what I call the legacy relationships. You're there to build something 
outside of yourselves, outside of the relationship, there's something you're striving for, either for your community, for your company, for your family, right? This is an opportunity for like-minded people or people who have like the same goals to align and push those goals to the forefront. We also have relationships that are based on support. Those are individuals with whom you know that you can count on to give you feedback. They're the ones that are there to help you achieve some goal that you have. They're perhaps there to create a space for you to be able to work and use your creativity. Or if you're, if you're a person that, that is go, 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 they're the ones that help take things out of your way so that you can accomplish and move in the direction that you're hoping for, right? that, that support. We also have those relationships. The third type of relationship are the, the ones both based on karmic, the karmic model of relationship. Karmic model of relationships really about the people that we are attracted to or that we bring into our lives or we enter their lives for growth. They're the ones that challenge us. Sometimes we want the people that are there for karmic, but sometimes we don't. <laughs> but we find that these are people who have us take on a different perspective. They make us bigger. They make us go deeper. And they may be in our lives for a long or short period of time, but the ultimate point of that type of relationship is for, for growth, right? to really evolve as a person. And then the relationship that we're going to talk about today, you know, we just uh, celebrated Valentine's Day, so I think this is appropriate. The, the fourth type of relationship that we'll focus on today is the companionship model of relationship. The companionship model of relationship is essentially the kind of relationship that brings people together because they have common interests. You know, we talked about in the, in the mindful moment, the people that we lean on for support, perhaps you just want to maybe just spend time with, just hang out with because they provide, they kind of help us center or they help us relax or those that we want to celebrate with. They're not necessarily there to push us and to make us evolve. They're not necessarily there to help, you know, Forward our, our mission or our goals, but they're definitely there to, to provide that friendship. And that's so important. I think we take it for granted. I know in my life, I've been really fortunate to have had different people at different times, but the, the one person that comes to mind is my best friend. Her name is Lily, and we've known each other for 26 years. I know I don't look like I have a friend that's been 26 years, but that's okay. <laughs> and what I love about our friendship is that we could not be more different. Um, my friend Lily, she's, she and I met when her husband was working on his PhD at, at the University of Alabama. That's where we went to school. And they've just gotten married. She wasn't a student, but she was there to support her husband. And she and I just connected. And we have had such a wonderful friendship. I really went the route. I traveled a lot and I was really focused on my career. Lily's main, main drive was to support her, her family, to grow a family with her husband. It's really about that legacy they were building. And the, the one thing that always we kept in common was that we had high values for friendship. We had high values for, for family and high value for fun. <laughs> we had wonderful fun. I remember particularly the, the day that um, here in the, United, in the United States when we had September 11, 2001, at the time I was working in, here in Dallas, Texas, and I was in the 22nd floor of the Renaissance Tower. 
and we were in the in the coffee room watching as the airplanes had just hit the World Trade Center. A really traumatic time, and people were so confused. And they started to then shut down a lot of the office, especially the high rises here in the Dallas area. We, you know, there was still so little information about what was going on at the time. I didn't have any other family here in Dallas, but my friend Lily and her family lived here miles away and that was the only person I could think of like I just needed to be with family I needed to be with somebody at the time because there's so much chaos happening there's a lot of fear I drove up to Lily's house we connected and we we sat together we watched the news for the first few minutes just to kind of figure out like what's going on but then the rest of the day I literally spent the whole day there and we just talked about fun things. We talked about life. We talked about family. We talked about, you know, we, we really found a way to, to distract ourselves from the chaos and the fear because we started to notice that it was really affecting us. It wasn't doing anything positive. We decided to turn off the news and, and just kind of focus on the friendship and how much we appreciate each other. And it's been that way for decades. And like I said, she and I have very little in common. We don't do the same things. We don't necessarily spend time during you know, in the same activities. But when we're together, man, do we laugh? Do we cry? Do we support each other completely unconditionally? I think this is really the key aspect of this companionship model in your board of directors. What you need is to make sure that you have people in your life who let you be fully who you are. They embrace your crazy. <laughs> you know, they can be with all the craziness, they can be with the good, they can be with the bad, with no desire or expectation that you change. That's, that's really the, the, the key there with that, those relationships. I saw an article recently by, in the Mayo Clinic that they, they cited uh, the relationship, the benefits to those types of relationships, really that you, know, you increase your sense of belonging, your experience and inner peace, your level of stress goes down. I mean, obviously, like I said, in that particular moment of stress, it's just great to be able to go to someone and just know that, okay, I can relax here, right? The safety, your safety in that relationship. It helps with your confidence, your self-worth. You have an opportunity to cope with really difficult situations because we know they, they're going to come, right? So, but we have a support system in place for that. Sometimes we can find those types of relationships in our family. Sometimes we can find them in our place of work. Sometimes we find them by you know, some common activity, maybe a sports team or perhaps an organization that you're involved with. But they're super essential, super essential. Now, here's the three things that I want you guys to take away from, from this conversation is what, what do you do to, first of all, where do you find these people? <laughs> where, how do you create those types of relationships? You may have a lily in your life, right, where you have this long friendship that you've had for, for decades. But if that's not the case, and maybe you're in a new place in life or you move to another location and you want somebody that's, that's there real time, think about the key here is the values. You want people that share your values. They may not share the same interests. They may not share the same lifestyle in some cases. But you do find people in the connect when you share values. So that's, that's important is that you need to know your values, know what's important to you. When I say values, think about things like, you know, you value education, perhaps you value different cultures, perhaps you value academic or knowledge, you, you, you value 
family, you value fitness. I mean, think about those types of activities, organizations, or events that really embody the things that you value. And once you begin to express your values in your life, your scheduling time with in those activities or participating in those organizations, you will find people who have similar values. That's, that's probably the quick and easy way to do it. I, ha I had a conversation. I'm, I'm a mentor for some, some young people, middle school, middle school and high school students. And there was a young woman who changed schools recently. And so she was kind of going through a rough time adapting. She's a more of an introvert. And we were talking about how she was making friends and she's like, Oh, it's kind of hard to see a new school. And, I'm really shy. I don't like to talk to many people. And I told her, okay, I have a secret for you. People who are introverted, here's a secret in connecting with people. Be interesting. Be interesting. And she was like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, look interesting. That might be just walk around with a smile on your face. You don't have, you don't have to show teeth necessarily, but you look pleasant. Look like the kind of person someone would want to stop and talk to you. Like, why is this person in such a good mood, right? Or if you like reading, take a book and have your book, show your book, you know, walk around with the book. Someone that's attracted to that kind of book or with that kind of information would probably, hey, what are you reading? Right? But look interesting. Look like a kind of person that people want to talk to. I said, I promise you the extroverts will find you like this. <laughs> we want to engage with people, right? Now, extroverts, <laughs> like me, those of us who are extroverts, how do we connect? How do we connect with people? Be interested. Be interested. Now, that, that means that we're the ones that, yes, we might be approaching someone that could be a little bit more introverted, but our, our job is not to take over and blow them over with all of our energy. It's to ask questions. And I promise you that these a lot of my closest relationships are with people who have a whole different <laughs> frame for getting their energy are more introverted than I am. And there's no better way to really draw out someone that's introverted than by being interested in them, asking questions or creating enough space in the conversation for them to share. So that's, that's a quick and easy way to how and when and how, where to find some people that would be great for your board, your companions. And then the last piece to talk about before I open it up to everybody is really nurturing those relationships. We might already have people in our lives that fulfill those roles for us, like I said, that really provide that non-judgmental, great, you know, wonderful, stable relationships that embrace our, embrace our craziness. The thing to do, though, is to nurture them. I, I had a, a really great wake-up call because I had a job for so many years that forced me to, to be away from, from Dallas, away from home for long periods of time. 70% of my, of my life was travel at that point. And I just didn't have time to commit to a lot of the relationships I was making. And I also realized that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to really streamline. Because when I'm home, I have very little time and energy to do a lot of things. So let me make sure that time and energy I do have are devoted to the people that are going to make the greatest difference. And I began scheduling monthly <laughs> just get-togethers with, with my closest friends. Hey, we go to for coffee every week. There's a, I, I have maybe three or four people in the rotation <laughs> I follow where I literally, we book, we get together, we have these wonderful conversations, and then 
Okay, before we end the conversation, when are we getting together again? We set the date right away. And I know it could seem a little cold because we value the spontaneity of these friendships. We just pick up the phone, hey, what are you doing? Nothing, what are you doing? Nothing, let's get together. Right? But in this day and age, there's so much going on that takes up our attention and takes our energy. And we schedule stuff. Like I was scheduling travel, I was scheduling meetings, I was scheduling coaching sessions, I was scheduling presentations. I mean, I had everything in my calendar. Why would it be that I didn't, don't have my friendships on my calendar, right? When we talk about this whole idea of work-life balance, it's not about just having everything be 50-50, but it's about the feeling of being balanced. And man, when I amped up and started putting those things in my calendar, that feeling of being balanced and that honoring that time and those days that I had established made all the difference. We have to really think about how we nurture those relationships. And then obviously when we are together, be present, to be conscious, to stay connected with them, to be interested and interesting. Right? Then you can put all those things to work. So I'll get off my, my companionship soapbox here and, and then open it up for you guys. I, I'm curious about what's, what's rattling in your mind after this conversation about the board of directors, it could be related to the companionship model or others. We will talk about the karmic relationship and the, the supportive relationship in another episode. So don't worry about that. Those are more to come. I'm just going to ask you to either raise your hand by hitting star nine. If you're on the telephone or on the computer, you will see or your phone, you'll see the raise your hand icon. It's like a little hand like this. And or you can unmute yourself and make your comment or ask your question. All right, so who's first? All right, I see someone with the phone number starting with 917. I'm gonna unmute you and you can ask your question. Hi. Oh, I, I, didn't, have a, I didn't have a question, I just had a comment. Oh, please, comment away. Tell, tell us who you are. Yeah, I, I, Oh, this is Vi Young. I'm calling from New York City. Um, hi, I just wanted, hi, I just wanted to say I can't wait to walk around with a book and a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, what book will you get? What? What book will you take with you? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, let me see. A book by... A mystery book, a mystery book. <laughs> Ooh, you want to be mysterious. I like it. I like it. <laughs> when, the, when the wind blows. All right. Good, <laughs> good. I like that. Yes, walk around with a book and a smile. I'm so kidding, but I'm the extrovert. It was just a joke anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Either, it works. I, I'll tell you this. My, my brother will kill me for telling you guys this. <laughs> He's not here, so that's too bad. <laughs> there were years ago, I remember he was going to a job interview <clears throat> and he loves to read. He's just, uh, and he loves to read, especially philosophy and history. Those are the main two areas that he focuses on. And he had a book called Sexual Persona, right? Oh, <laughs> Sexual Persona. It had nothing to do with sex. It was really more about, <laughs> it was very philosophical. There was no, it wasn't pornography or anything, but I was <laughs> why would you take that to a job interview? <laughs> I think personally, I think it threw off the vibe and that's why he got the result he got, but that's okay. 
<laughs> that oh, that would generate some interest. <laughs> Thanks, Vi. Why did you have a question? What about your relationships? What are you finding when you're thinking about yeah, I I do like what you said about, you know, being around those who make you feel, who allow you to feel like you, where you don't have to, you know, perhaps have many filters on yourself and that type of thing. Yeah. Well, um, that really does encourage you to be, you know, you all around. And that's a good idea, you know, just surround yourself mm-hmm. near that, um, those who embrace you, that love and that light, you know? Right. And that, and it's just an encouraging thing. Yeah. How does that show up in your life? Mm, you know, there's some people who, for example, okay, sometimes around coworkers, you have to keep up a certain decorum and everything, right? But when you're out of work and you, you link up with certain friends, you can't wait to let your hair down, so to speak, and just, you know, maybe not even speak the way you you do at work you know speaking professionally you just kind of <laughs> lay it all down you know so yeah and you know you be you and that's a good mm. that's good advice that's good um practice you know so mm. just, yeah. oh, i'm glad to hear that and you know, and mm-hmm. it's important to find those people in the workplace too I mean, you know, yeah so true very true so much time you, know, you whisper to those and have a good laugh yeah, especially yeah. something particularly exciting or something that's particularly fearful. You have someone at work that kind of gets it, but then allows you to yeah. be in the process. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Faisha. Thank you. All right. Who's next? Hi, right, Heather. Heather, you can unmute yourself. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I thought it was interesting when you were talking about the energy of where people um, get their energy from being out and around people or when they're more by themselves. And I'm pretty introverted, and I've been trying to force myself to get out and uh, meet people in the community. And I found that something that helped me was letting social media do some of the heavy lifting so that when I meet someone then I can create a connection that is more on the energy level that I can maintain where I can be interested in that extrovert and I can um, do my part in making the connection uh, in a more energy level that I'm comfortable with. So it's something that has worked for me and it's allowed me to maintain connections as um, maybe people have moved to different areas of the country or different areas of their life and it's harder to get together in person. Mm. Can you give an example of what that would look like when you say the social media do the heavy lifting? Um, okay, one, one easy example is sometimes it's hard to remember people's names if you go to a party and you meet like eight people. Maybe you're going to remember one or two people's names, but if you can quickly friend request them or um, write down some information where you can text them later, it'll give you some context. You'll get your own reminders and you'll be able to reach out and say, hey, had a great time, can't wait for next time. So, um, and it can be out of time. Like you can write it when you're ready to write it. They can read it and receive that information and respond when they're in a time of their day when they can do it. So that's kind of the heavy lifting. You don't have to synchronize your times and be free at the exact same time. Got it. I think that's great. And that's actually really effective 
advice because I, I have found, especially even as an extrovert, <laughs> I prefer extroversion. So I'm talking to multiple people at once and it's hard to keep people straight sometimes when I'm thinking, okay, I, I met that person, but what's their name and where do they work? Yeah, so using, I usually link in right away if I'm in a networking event. I'm like, are you on LinkedIn? And we literally, as we were talking, yeah. I go ahead and send them an invite or perhaps, like you said, friend request them on Facebook if that's the most appropriate one. And, and, or sometimes I'm just, you know, text right away. I text with my phone, my name and number, my name and number, just my, I text them with my name and that way they have it in their phone. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully they text me with theirs too, because otherwise I'm like, who this? <laughs> oh, great. Are there anything else? No, thank you. It's such an interesting discussion. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to, Come back to you, Heather, because I think this, the dynamic between introverted and extroverted is something that we don't talk about very much. I'd love to hear from you. What's your, what's your take on the being interesting and being interested? How would that work for you, or does it? Or do you have another suggestion? Um, I have not really seen that paradigm before, um, but the energy idea really resonated with me. Um, that you almost have to, no matter whether you're introverted or extroverted, you kind of have to put on the opposite and that can be draining of energy. So it's challenging for both sides of that equation. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone who's normally used to expressing to have to quiet that and receive, be interested. And someone who's quieter and used to like taking in the senior, you know, taking in the whole environment, having to you know, provide information and it can be uncomfortable for both people for that reason. So I don't know, that's just a little bit of my thoughts on it. It's challenging. It takes work. <laughs> it does. It does take work. And I found even, even me as a, an extroverted person that prefers extroversion, I get my energy. Let me maybe clarify some of the, the language here that Heather and I are using. When we talk about energy and extroversion and introversion, Extroversion is not about being loud and boisterous, right? It's about getting your energy from interaction with other people or interaction, period, like action, activity. An introversion is not about being shy and unfriendly or, or super reserved, but it's about getting your energy from within. So by recharging, you go quieter, perhaps by doing something that doesn't require a lot of external energy, right? So you get to recharge. And, and the, the idea of being able to shapeshift, if you will, <laughs> to, to engage with the other, with an opposite type of energy has as much to do with finding the right people to connect to. I, I have several people who are far more introverted in my life, but I know that, for example, I had a, I had a birthday recently. So last night I went to dinner with um, with my boyfriend, my, my brother, his wife, and another couple. And we all know each other for the most part. Uh, we just hadn't spent a lot of time together, but it was a small enough intimate group where all of us had an opportunity to share and talk, where there was enough ample opportunity. I would say, oh dear, I think I was the only person that was extroverted at the table. Now <laughs> that I think back, oh boy. <laughs> but there was a lot of conversation because first of all, it was a smaller group. We all had kind of, you know, we knew each other and, and we all like to have deeper conversations. I think that's the other piece is no matter what your energy, how you recharge, 
being able to connect with people who have like values with whom you know you can have the kind of conversation that makes you come alive makes a huge difference because it's not energy wasted either way, right? right. I get my energy from other people, from other people who are really connecting with me, not just talking about maybe superficial things right? or, and vice versa, people who might be more introverted. I don't know how they're speaking. Well, and once that connection is made, once that energy has been invested by both parties, it becomes easier because that hurdle has been overcome you know, that energy differential has kind of come to an equilibrium. So it's definitely worth the effort. It doesn't stay hard forever. And when you're talking about going out and building this board of directors and making those connections, like it doesn't stay hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes. Maybe the, the initial investment is a little bit more than what you normally would. Good. Thank you for that, Heather. All right. Let's hear from someone else. I'd love to hear... Uh, See, um, Irving wrote here, this, he's having some audio challenges today, but said, being away doesn't mean that you can't be in touch with your friends. I have a group in WhatsApp with my high school friends, and it feels so nice just knowing that they are there if I have something to say. In my case, I'm just new to the city and haven't had the chance to develop solid friendships yet. I have friends that are with me since I was 11 years old. I'm 42 now, and I've been my support in all past hard times. Wow, that is, you're a committed friend, Irving. <laughs> You've been friends since you were 11 years old. That's great. I don't think I know anybody <laughs> from the time I was 11 years old. But that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, you don't have to be necessarily physically in touch with them or in touch with them on a regular basis. And it sounds like, Irving, for you, it's been really valuable to know that if there's a ready group Right. They're all connected already, you know, like, like Heather mentioned earlier, they, the heavy lifting's been done, not only by the years of relationship, but also you're all connected socially on social media. And that way you have an opportunity to just put out there, hey, this is what's going on, or, and people might call or might text you according to what your needs are, or vice versa. Cool. Anything else to add there, Irving? You'll, you'll, I know you'll have to do some typing there. I'd like to hear uh, a male perspective on this. What do our, some of our men here on the call have to say about building those types of the relationship, the companionship? You can unmute yourself. Carson, can I pick on you today? I'm going to unmute you, Carson. Uh, just a moment. Okay. Uh, did that unmute me? Yes, you're unmuted now. Uh, sure. I'm here, Valerie. Hi. What are, what's your take on, on building this, uh, these types of relationships where you find that you have someone that you can rely on to share you know, personal things with, to celebrate or to commiserate with? What's your take on well, making types of friendships? I'm not sure how this will exactly fit, uh, Valerie. Uh, either I've been fortunate enough or aggressive enough, maybe, to find people that I could rely on for certain things and go to for certain things. One of the areas I've needed throughout my business experience is someone that I could vent to, and there'd be no repercussions from it. Whatever said was 
was was behind closed doors and kept that way. It stayed in Las Vegas, so to speak. And I just think those relationships, so an ideal thing to do, I think, is to make a list of those needs, wants, areas of things, um, the profile of persons that you might develop those relationships with, and set about an active process of identifying who you need, who you want, who might be them, uh, recruit them, develop them. Um, so I don't know, is that kind of on target for what you're looking for? Yeah, I'd love to hear more about this. How do you know, especially in the workplace, and you, you know, your, your breadth of experience in the workplace probably speak to this really nicely. How do you connect with somebody and you, that you can vent to freely without there being repercussions? It, it takes uh, some development with them, a relationship development with them. Um, and you're just looking for the profile of who is that person you can trust, who can you talk to that's not going to repeat. And, you know, I'm such a cautious person. I, I check them out. I test them. So maybe you do one little thing and see if, if that works. And if it does, then, then you expand it. Um, throughout the significant growth that we had with the Bombay company, and this existed for about 11 years of it, I had a person that I had this kind of relationship with, and I, we could do it in the office. We could, we could go somewhere else, um, and I would just vent. And I, I would say things that I wouldn't say to anybody else in the world, not even my wife, uh, just to get things off my chest. It, it's better to do it that way than to vent to somebody that you shouldn't vent, or particularly if there's somebody in the workplace that you're a supervisor of is responsible to me you're putting too much of a load on them then to do it so it, it has to be that unique person and the only advice i can give is you, you start looking for them and testing them and finding them and developing them and it doesn't necessarily have to be someone at your work it can be someone outside of it that you develop a, a an acquaintance with a friendship with and you know turnabout's fair play so if you're going to do it it might be the person that you vent to will also will vent to you and you have a reciprocal arrangement with them excellent so it sounds like definitely you want to build trust mm -hmm. did you did you have a particular or preferred way to test them uh, yeah, you just do it on a small scale. So maybe you go to lunch with them. Maybe there's some activity that you're doing together. And you you disclose some little something that not very risky and see if they respond to it. And if, and if they earn your trust, then you do some more of it. And if they further earn it, then you do some more of it. And then you see if, if they want to do uh, treat you the same way or utilize you the same way, then you reciprocate. And that, that turns out to be pretty good because then both of you have something, you have leverage on each other in that way for safety, uh, I guess it is. But I, I, I think people need to, if, if Ben is the right word, we also, Valerie, need to recharge. Every one of us are, are going to reach the point in some activity in some circumstance and you could call it taking a time off. You, you could refer to it as a break. Seems to me in, in a day when we have our little electronic devices that have to be recharged regularly, uh, we're the same way. And whatever that is, I found that I could do that skiing. 
I could do it watching or going to a University of Oklahoma football game. I could do it reading. Uh, there were various ways that I would sort of lose myself for a period of time and get refreshed. But I call it recharging. And it's very important important that we do that. I I um, emphasized to our executives at the Bombay Company that they were responsible for knowing when they needed to recharge. I, I might not always know. And when they did, they were responsible for doing it. And if they came to me and said, I need a long weekend off, I want to do this, I want to go that, I never questioned them. I assumed that they had recognized in a mature way that they needed to recharge, and that's what they were going to do. So that was fine. Ah, that's, you said something that's really key there, because when we talk about nurturing friendships and relationships externally, but really nurturing ourselves, find that when we do that, we can be a better quality friend, right? We have the time and the energy to listen or to engage mm-hmm. or others. Fantastic. How do you recharge now, like you personally? Oh, I, I still do it the same way. Hey. I don't ski anymore. I unfortunately have a pacemaker defibrillator, and I don't think falling down skiing with it would be a good idea. But I do it reading. I do it watching uh, certain programs. I just have things I like to do, and fortunately, uh, I enjoy time with my wife, so my wife and I can get away. In fact, we're about to do that uh, tomorrow. We're going to New Orleans for a few days. And, Excellent. Oh, that, watch that pacemaker down there, Carson. <laughs> that, that, that becomes a way of – is. I think, Valerie, it is so critically important that we honestly evaluate ourselves and know what our circumstances are, be aware of them, and manage them. So then when we get into very stressful situations, we're not already so stressed when we go into them uh, that we can handle the stress uh, better. And there's going to be a lot of stress in life. Um, You know, it's a Bombay company. It's history. We grew it from two stores to 440, from 20 people to 3,000, from the $26,000 I paid for it to a market value $1.1 billion dollars. There was a lot of stress involved in that, and I created it. I made uh, our people stressful by the expectations mm. that we had of them, so they had to be able to manage this part of their life and especially not take it out on their wives. I was always very nice to their wives because of what I did to them. And, when, and I say wives, part of our executives, a number of our executives were women. In fact, when you consider the upper level of store manager, we had more females than we did. So I was always nice to the spouse and very nice to them for what the spouse allowed me to do and expect uh, of the person that worked on our team. Oh, wow. Absolutely. I have one more question for you. you Mm -hmm. This idea about um, being able to create that space for people to not only be productive, but also have positive relationships. What do you think about having people to vent to or the relationships between the genders, right? So do males find that that level of companionship better with other men? Should women sit with other women? I'm curious about if you found that there's a difference for you in the quality of companionship based on gender. Well, uh, I assume there was. And whether there was or wasn't, I I assume there was. I was always extraordinarily careful in my relationship with females in our business. I would never travel alone with them. And, you know, I managed it in a way, hopefully, that that did not minimize 
their opportunities um, and them utilizing their abilities. Mm, but, you know, simply by being seen somewhere in some place with a female could create problems. So I, I just never did it. Uh, there's a, a famous guy named Billy Graham that, that did it that way. And I learned from him. And so I'm just always careful about relationships. So the kind of relationship we're talking about, I never had with a, a female in business or with any vendor that was, that was female, always utilize them. And I'm, I'm, I'm certainly in favor of equal opportunity for females. I have a wife, two daughters and three granddaughters. There are no other males in my family. <laughs> so uh, equality of opportunity and everything for females is certainly foremost in my mind, but I still just could not, position myself where something might be misunderstood or suspected. I just wouldn't do it. Thank you so much, Carson. Okay, sure. That's really helpful. Okay. Time for one more person. Let's see. Uh, Felipe, would you like to comment on anything or do you have any questions? I usually have a, a interesting insight. Well, thank you. I was giving the others space because I usually talk so much around here. So we welcome it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yes, I was thinking about while hearing the colleagues here talking. Um, I also have a lot of friends from middle school. I'm 31, almost 31 now, and we've been together since I don't know, um, 10, uh, 11 years old, and. I was thinking about, well, why do I keep these people in my life? Why do they, they are important to me? And yes, we share the same values. And so, and this is really something really important. So, I was, and you were giving examples, right? So some of them share the same family values that I, that I agree or that I like. Um, and others um, embrace my craze in such a beautiful way that I feel I can be totally vulnerable with them. And so that's why I keep these people in my life. So, so throughout this session, I was just, you know, like um, thinking and organizing my thoughts around, around that and why they are important to me. Nice. Yeah, that embrace your crazy seems to really resonate. <laughs> yes, I, I, I wrote this, this sentence on my phone. I always take <laughs> notes, and, and this is, well, people that embrace your craze. <laughs> embrace. We had a version of that, and uh, Tim Shaver came up with this. We could talk about it another time. He was like, rephrase your crazy, but embrace your crazy, I think it really helps, too. Um, Irving also commented that, you know, we need to acknowledge the kind of value we provide for our friends and the relationships, right? In the work world and our, our communities and our families, we have to be a good friend, right? Be the friend that you want to have in the world, basically, is the idea. Uh, and Felipe, I think you mentioned something really important there about just being able to have the, the, the kind of vulnerability and we talk about vulnerability a lot and that's really I think the mark of a good of a, a companion in any anywhere in your life where you really feel that you can open up right you know Carson mentioned that you know 
slowly building trust. You don't maybe come out with like the biggest, <laughs> most deep, profound news in the, in the beginning of a relationship like that. But over time, that you're feeling like you can invest more and more of yourself. That's a good sign. Find that for those where I feel that I'm not heard or that I'm having to somehow avoid certain topics because they're the person, maybe there's so much judgment around it, or I just don't feel like I can open, you know, like freely share what's on my heart and my mind without receiving, you know, either so much feedback that's unnecessary or whatever, that those are, those are signs, right? To pay attention to your own energy when you're interacting with people. I think that's probably the easiest way to say it. If you pay attention to your own energy, you get to sense how, 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 how important this relationship is to nurture or to perhaps let go. So some of you might have relationships currently that you use to rely on for support or companionship, right? Or for that, or to commiserate or to celebrate. And perhaps they're not fulfilling the need to the level that, that you would like. This is an opportunity to also evaluate your current relationships. I'm not saying you're gonna kick everybody to the curve, right? But to really start to pay attention to how you are, who you are being in those relationships. Are, are people opening up to you? Are you creating enough space and opportunity for them to do that? Are you, are you, um, are we being judgmental when we, when we listen? I, that's one of the things I've learned the most and grown a lot in my time as a coach is that I am, it's a privilege to be allowed into people's lives, right? To what's on their heart and what's on their mind. And in order for me to honor that, I, I really have to put aside any opinions, judgments, or evaluations of, of what's happening or how that person is processing and understand that, you know, what they're sharing with me from their life and their perspective is, is, is 100% true, is 100% valid as it is. And, and I also have to have a deep level of compassion for that. And, and that's something that I've really grown in over the years. You know, the more intimately people share with me, the, the bigger the level of compassion, the deeper the level of compassion had to be. So, so the deeper relationship we want, the more capacity we need to build for ourselves to, to, to invite those types of relationships. We're going to wrap up for today's wonderful conversation as usual. I so appreciate those of you who have shared your thoughts, opinions, and your questions. Welcome you to, to continue sharing. A um, couple of things I would love for you to do. If you could post on your social media, if you have it, you know, that you participated in the time to come alive. I will be sharing, those of you who, now that you've all registered on Zoom, I'll be sharing with you the recording of this call. And you can also look at the future calls, doing it both on YouTube as well as posting it on a podcast platform so you can choose to consume whatever way you prefer. And then also have the... Um, if you also have the opportunity to to share with your friends you know, what what you saw today and what what resonated with you, Got a couple other action items for you. <clears throat> I want to end with giving you an opportunity to take a quiz that I put together. I'm really committed to helping people do what they love and love what they do in whatever way that works. And then the quiz is on www bring joytolife.com. Bringjoytolife.com is a free quiz. It'll give you a sense of how close you are to living 
the life you love or loving what you're doing. And if there's anything that I can do to support you to get there. Next week on our Time to Come Alive session, we're going to have a special guest. It's a friend of mine. Her name is Isabel Blanco. Isabel recently went through some pretty transformational experiences. She had gastric bypass surgery, so she'll talk about the transformation that, what, that was brought about by that. And then also, she now she's uh, about to have her fourth child, and, and also what that, that realization of having a fourth child has done for her and her family life dynamic and who she is now in the world. So looking forward to, to having that conversation with her and, and for you all to join us next week. We'll be meeting Tuesday, February the 26th. Same time, same place. <laughs> time to come alive. Thank you all so very much for your participation today. So excited to have you as part of this community. And I look forward to hearing and talking to you all next week. Wonderful week, everybody. <laughs>